You're listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast, episode number 12. Hello, witches. It's Wednesday. I am coming to you from the beautiful Pacific Northwest. My name is Jennifer. I'm the founder of Painted Goddess, a magical container for healing, self-care, divination. And, um, you know, I am, (laughs) for all intents and purposes, (laughs) very against elevator speeches. And yet I see a real um, value to them. So I'm working on that shit. But it seems to always change a little bit. And, you know, as I become um, a little more comfortable with all of it, it'll come through. I'm not worried. But, uh, you know, my Tarot Collective online course began this week. Um, (laughs) And barring some technical difficulties, I must say that I feel really great about it. I think it's an amazing course. And... Uh, there is going to be um, so much learning um, happening in the collective group itself um, and having the opportunity to share the things that I've learned over the years working with tarot has been um, really exciting for me and um, I'm just really grateful feeling feeling all the feelings of just knowing I'm supposed to be where I'm at So there's that. So I hope that you have that feeling within you. And if you are still seeking this feeling of, you know, the essence of being where you know you are supposed to be, just remember that that's pretty much always the case. And we can find gifts within all the moments, even when it feels like or looks like something different than we think it quote unquote should be. There's always, there's, we're still on the path. We're always on the path and, um, the path is not so straight as it, as it's foretold (laughs) being adult, being human, being a woman, being a mom, all the things. So keep, uh, keep your head high and love yourself fucking regardless without apologies Okay, today I'm going to talk about some astrology basics. I actually asked on my Instagram what I should talk about on the podcast, and I recognized that I had kind of been going off program a little bit. You know, I super geek out about our brains and our hearts and the electromagnetic fields of how our bodies are wired to kind of preserve our safety uh, and how we self-sabotage and how we get in our own way and there's so many ways that psychology, this, you know, deep love of psychology that I have informs all of this um, academy, academia of mine that I read all these books that I that I um, I want to fix myself in some way or fix my thought errors. You know, there, we have all these bad, bad we have all these errors of thinking about how things work because we weren't really actually taught to use our brains, our intuition, all of these things. And I find it's really, as I get older, really fucking with me. And 
so I'm seeking a lot of clarity around how I actually function and what my body actually requires um, to function at a high level with my intuition in tow and with my authenticity, you know, in the forefront and showing up as myself without apology and the breath, right? Like bringing yoga to everything. And uh, yeah, so I kind of go on tangents in life with all of that. And I feel like the last few episodes were really kind of in that wheelhouse. So I do that occasionally. I hope it's not distracting to the witchiness that this podcast is, you know, really quote unquote meant to be. But I digress again. Um, So where I started with astrology and being interested in astrology actually comes from this, this deep passion for psychology and understanding that we we kind of come into the world with our own unique thumbprint of a personality. And while anyone can argue that astrology is just a bunch of constellations and this is all just hearsay, it's all just, you know, conjecture and trying to pull, you know, connect dots that don't really exist or whatever, you know, my husband does not believe in astrology. So, uh, you know, science reigns. But the more I learn about archetypal language, the more I learn about energetic vibrations, the frequencies we run on, and noticing how different everybody is, and then looking at their charts and, you know, reading, reading charts for strangers has been the most affirming thing I've have, that I have done with astrology. Because I don't know people that I'm reading for always, and it seems to always resonate in a way that is very specific. Now, I definitely have a generic way of kind of honing in on those pieces and astrology helps us to kind of navigate through somebody's personality in, the, in a way and each reader has their own way, I would say. But what I wanted to talk about today was something very basic in astrology. I think it's the first thing anyone who wants to learn about astrology should really focus on. And it's kind of twofold because there's, there's kind of two layers going on within three points of our natal charts. So if you've ever looked at a natal chart, uh, well, if you haven't looked at a natal chart, you should definitely look at a natal chart. You can Google that image, just say like natal chart of, you can look at Oprah Winfrey's. You can look at tons of celebrities, by the way, if you want to like really get deep, it's kind of fun. But you look at a natal chart. It looks like basically uh, a clock, so to speak. That's very easy to kind of orient yourself around a clock. So, and there's three points within a chart, within everybody's chart, that kind of give you a baseline. Um, it's, it's the rising sign, the sun sign, and the moon sign. And you've probably heard about your sun sign for sure. I think you've likely heard of your rising sign and moon sign if you're at all into astrology because it's really the next couple of things that come up and then on top of that I do want to bring in the house structure which is very much tied to the rising sign so that's what I want to talk about today you know I got this request from Stephanie so thank you for listening thank you for being um, a 
really engaged listener. And to all of you who have not reached out to me, there's a couple of you that have. I really, really appreciate hearing that this lands, it resonates. You know, uh, I do like talking to myself because <laughs> I'm a Gemini rising. I'll do it all day long, to be honest. Um, but it really does help me to understand who I'm talking to when you reach out and you let me know what you're excited to hear um, and how it's landing for you. Okay, so really my aim, I want to make sure I give this point. My aim with astrology in, in the realm of psychology and knowing like that's where I came to it from uh, and, and, and the hopes to understand people, I really wanted to understand people. I know I've always been intuitive around people's energy, whether they're being truthful or not, if they're being... Um, you know, honest. I think, I think I've always been able to really tell um, <clears throat> where it's coming from in their body. You know, if it's heart centered, even if they're, even if they're quote unquote lying, I can kind of see that it's coming from a real place from themselves. And it helps me, to, that's always helped me, I think, to um, meet people with some empathy and, and understanding, you know, we're all human and we're doing our best. Um, <clears throat> but really using astrology is like a healing tool, right? Using astrological data as an evolutionary tool for self-growth. I think this is really, really an amazing way to kind of dive deep and to contemplate some different pieces of ourselves that we may not run into every day. And it's also a way to, you know, maybe get I think, a, a tip from the universe about what we signed up for when we came to this planet, we came to this plane, we came into these bodies as women, right? Or men, as people, right? When we decided to come onto this earthly plane and live as humans with emotional bodies and physical bodies and energetic bodies and emotional bodies and, uh, and all of our stuff that we get when we get traumatized and uh, bullied and told we're not right and we're not good enough and all these different things that kind of happen alongside being human in a community of others who are also just trying to do their best or maybe just trying to repeat what they see, which isn't anybody's best, some people. Uh, I think astrology can really help to heal these, these harsh edges that we start to form as we kind of get cut down to the bone with the, the, the kind of trials and tribulations that we've, that we've run up against in our life, the suffering and the way we, we harm ourselves or self-sabotage. And looking at an astrological chart from that perspective, from that perspective to try and um, find a healing pathway, it has been um, my kind of how my work has unfolded with astrology. It's what I seek to do when I read for someone. Um, I really want to help them find the signpost back onto the healing path if they have strayed or if they're on that healing path to give them little tips from themselves almost of what nourishes them, what is, uh, what is emotionally desirable, what is fulfilling to them, what is their drive, what is the, the way that they... Uh, hope to grow what are their what are their dreams for for uh, some really basic kinds of things that I think get muddied up by our culture you know we're told to just want this and want that and buy this and buy that and 
and, um, you know, uh, <laughs> fill up your Amazon cart and not buy those things, you know, stuff that humans do. And we kind of, you know, learn to buffer around stuff so that we stay comfortable and we don't get too uncomfortable. But, you know, a spiritual practice towards growth is uncomfortable. So, and we're all up-leveling right now. Humanity has been called as a whole to, to evolve. And I'm here to use astrology as a tool for evolution and to help um, kind of guide anyone who wants to work with me towards that space. Now, you know, this information I've, you know, I've been studying for a long time, but this information is freely found. If you've never done your chart, you can get it for free on several um, websites, one of them being astro.com. And you can look at your chart. You can, it actually gives you quite a few different things to consider around the uh, relationship of different planets in your chart, where the moon was, uh, when you were born, if what phase it was in, right? What sign it's in, all these different things that, that can kind of give you a little bit of information, a little bit of insight so that when you go digging in the trenches of yourself, you know, rolling around in the darkness, that there might be a way to pull yourself up and walk towards the light a little bit that you, uh, your own light of awareness, right? Your own sense of, of um, self-worth and self-care and self-needs, all these needs that come up. I'm very distinct um, as we start to kind of look at the different constellations of planets. Um, I, just, I just love the way it always unfolds differently. But these three things are kind of the trine, the, the trio of you know, it's the standing poles, I think, in our charts. And that is the rising sign, the sun sign, and the moon signs. And then along with that, the houses that they are in. So I want to start with the rising sign. Now, the rising sign is at 9 o'clock. If you're looking at your chart, it's at 9 o'clock. It's usually represented by an ASC acronym, meaning ascendant. And the ascendant or rising sign <clears throat> starts, the starts the house structure. It's where the sun was rising when you were born. It's what sign the sun was in when you were born. Now, um, you would think, oh, well, that's my sun sign. Not so. Um, the sun rises in different places, even though the sun is in a certain sign during that time. And that's a little hard to maybe get at in your mind. But if we're rotating around the sun, then yeah, the sun is constantly rising in different places as we are um, spinning around it. It's, it, it's a based on Earth's perspective, right? So it's a little different. And you can YouTube videos of it if you need to see the image of this so it makes more sense. I highly recommend that. But the, the rising sign starts the house structure. And there are 12 houses, just like there are 12 signs in astrology. And your rising sign, your ascendant sign, is going to be your first house. Okay, so first house is all about the I am. It's about the self. It's about the ego, right? And Eckhart Tolle would say then it's about the pain body. You know, how do we victimize ourselves? How do we associate with pain? Um, how do we uh, dissociate from ourselves? How do we sabotage ourselves? All of those shadows of the self, you know, I'm not good enough come in with that first house, right? So our wounds will show themselves very particularly in a first house situation. And the rising sign will kind of dictate the flavor of it. 
So again, these signs are, um, you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. Anyone with any sun sign can have any one of those rising signs. So you might think you're a sun sign Leo, but you have a Gemini rising, right? Two very different kinds of elemental archetypes going on here. So it can really shift perspective of how you show up. So first, first house stuff, the rising sign is all about what your rising sign kind of dictates or describes is how you show up in the world. It's been described as how others tend to meet you, how they see you, right? This is where we can find wounds of the self, the I am bad, not enough, too much, and how it presents itself to others as a mask almost. It's like our mask to the world. So it's our personality trying to be seen. Um, and there's, there's a little bit of, um, if it's unconscious, it can be a little it can be a little destructive because we're not operating knowing like this is how I show up first and then I get vulnerable and my my walls begin to permeate right so as we kind of get this awareness of what our rising sign is the I am the self the ego awareness can kind of offer this path to healing and the self through accepting this version of yourself right this version that other people see although you may not identify this way right? And at first you might not accept any truth that it holds. So when people tell, but I think more often than not, when, when people find out what their rising sign is, all of a sudden there's this aha moment because if they know their sun sign astrology, they've been operating off of this very, um, one dimensional, uh, personality canon lens and, as soon as you understand that the rising has a role there, just starts to shift how you might see yourself as more multidimensional, right? And it starts to feel more like, oh, well, that's why I show up this way with my family of origin. And that's why I show up this way when I'm in a room full of strangers or when I'm you know, running a meeting or when I'm speaking my mind to people who don't know me, the, the, the pieces that, you know, your Instagram account, it's like, that's for <laughs> your Instagram account is your rising sign. Let's just go there. Let's just go there because that's the modern day rising sign. So take a look at your Instagram feed and let me know what you think your rising sign is. I should guess them like that. That would be amazing. I probably would be terrible at it. I'm terrible at guessing people's signs, by the way, because we are, everybody is a whole sky. You know, we have all the planets in our chart. We have everything there. So no one is, is just this one thing. Now, I have met people who have their rising sun and moon in the same sign. It's very uncommon, but even uncommon means there's a million people out there that have this probably, right? I don't know the exact statistics, but even something uncommon, there are a whole tribe of people with that kind of really intense... Uh, you know, focus of their personality being expressed. Okay. So the rising sign is this, how you meet people, how people tend to meet you. Like, and you might find this 
um, when you've met somebody and they say, oh, I thought, you know, like once they get to know you, they kind of like, oh, I thought you were this way because you're showing, you know, that that's your rising sign showing. Usually it's kind of an armor in a way or can be used that way. It's a way that we don't necessarily associate. So it's less personal. We don't take as much offense if people think that, uh, you know, that we're flighty or I don't know what it is. There's, there's different traits, right? That you don't really take personally. If someone says, Oh, I thought you were this way. And you're like, no way. And yet there's a truth to that. If people see us this way, right? Because we do show up in different ways. Um, according to how, how uh, safe we feel. And our rising sun can kind of tell us how we feel or how we show up when, when we're pretty much, you know, testing things out. Maybe you could think of this as your best version of yourself. That's an interesting contemplation um, that may or may not be true. But all of this, you know, all of this is an art. There's an art to astrology and all of us astrologers are constantly trying to play with the ideas and the thought forms that make the archetypes real, right? And, and make relationships between them uh, while reading a chart um, becomes very dynamic. So, yeah, so it really does depend. But the rising sign is always the first house. That's one thing that we know. That's your first house, okay? Now, the second thing I wanted to talk about today is the sun sign. So the sun sign is going to be in any house. Okay, so the first, the rising sign sets, the ascendant sets the house structure. That's the first house always. But your sun sign can be in any house. Okay, and that depends on the time of day you're born, how far away from the, the sunrise, you know, um, uh, you were born. And it's just an interesting way to look at uh like, uh, the sun sign is going to be the personality and personality is such a weird word to me because it's the way we act, but, or people would say, but really it's at an energetic level, you know, it's really at, you know, what are your desires from a base energetic level? What drives your actions, right? What's the desire? What's the driving force? right? It may not be the kind of car you drive, like that's your rising sign, but what's in the fuel, what's in there, what drives you? And, um, and it comes from this certain way we want to feel or to feel purposeful, to feel, to fulfill our dreams. <clears throat> we use this certain kind of fuel, right? And an example might be like, if you have your son in uh, Virgo in the fourth house, happens to be mine, I'm just pulling things I can't, I can't get beyond myself right now. But so fourth house stuff is all about the home. It's relationship to the mother. Okay. It's the house of the mother. It's the house of home. It's where we find nourishment and nurturing. And the Virgo energy is very fastidious and detail oriented. They like to be organized. They like to have purpose. They like to feel useful. They are very pragmatic in a lot of ways. Um, and yet they're also, there's this also feminine divine quality there of the high priestess energy where, uh, they, they are almost, um, they, they tend to be perfectionists because of it, but they believe that there's this perfect unity 
between self and community or health and body, you know, mind and body that can happen. It's ruled by Mercury, you know, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So there's this mental element of uh, divine thought being, uh, you know, fused into the body. It can go really, but really it's about self-worth. Virgos are very committed to self-worth and that can look like a destructive path given the right trauma. But, (laughs) but, but this house, but this fourth house being the sun sign, it's like you, you're always seeking um, the comforts of a nourishing home and that may look differently, right? So if your sun sign is, uh, say, Aquarius in the fourth house, so sun and, and Aquarius in the fourth, ha- fourth house, it's going to feel different than Virgo living in that house, right? And, and an Aquarius sun might really look about what is, what is a social... What does a social utopia look like and how do we build a really uh, united, integrated society um, and make it feel like home again, fourth house. So each house really has uh, an association. Um, You know, it's just like if you took a house and you decorated it and you walk it and you're like, oh, this is classic modern. Oh, this is, you know, they all have their own decorations and then you put you know it's like if you put a Scorpio to go live in a classic modern house what happens then right the Scorpio is kind of this dark force of nature that is you know all about the powerful and resonant you know no (laughs) it's like I start I stop here you begin here and we're gonna we're gonna parse out this reality and I'm not afraid to uh, completely disown you if you fuck with me. <laughs> There's this kind of this kind of really intense tensity energy um, in a Scorpio uh, vibe, and you put it into that nurturing, and maybe it becomes really good with boundaries, right? Really good with shared resources within a home. Really understands how you live together with somebody and don't become them, right? That's the beauty of that. So we all have a different house that our sun sign lives in. And then the flavor of that house kind of shifts because of its inhabitant, right? So the sun, again, is this personality, this really uh, deep core focus of how we are going to um, drive what we're fueling, fueling the, the vehicle with. What is it that we desire to be met and then, and then the, the sign is really the way we go about doing it. It's the, it's the action. It's the active quality. And the house is kind of the set. It's where it happens. Okay. And then our moon sign. Again, this is just like a primer, right? But the moon sign is our emotional the emotion it's the planet of emotion it's the feminine quality again the sun is really the masculine quality right what drives us what's the actionable item how we act right what makes us go into action and the moon is more about the reflective subconscious qualities of the feminine you know it's about our emotional inner waters and the ways that we get our needs met emotionally how we how we really um 
go about getting our emotional needs met is dictated by our moon sign and the house that it's in. So again, using the fourth house as a, as a house to just kind of talk about this house is about nurturing. It's about the mother. It, um, and it happens to be where the moon is, um, affinity with, right? So the moon and the sign of cancer is, af- is affiliated with the fourth house. That's the kind of way that this works is each house has a native ruler of, of a planet, someone it's a planet that lives there in that house. And then, um, as you shift those planets around and put them in different houses, it shifts the way that that house looks, that house feels to visit all of those things. So the moon being an emotional nurturer, if you have your moon sign in the fourth house, there's going to be a very uh, natural way that you nurture others. Now that will be colored by uh, what sign that is in. So if you've got an Aries moon in the fourth house, Aries is a very fiery sign, a very solar sign, a very action-oriented masculine sign, a get-things-done attitude, an I-will-go-first attitude. Um, It's an I am egocentric kind of way of doing things. So someone with their moon sign um, in Aries in the fourth house might go about quite aggressively getting their emotional needs met putting themselves first always, which can look like self-care and it can look like narcissism, but it always depends on nurture versus nature within your life and trauma and all the things. So it's never really just like, this is how this person is. It is always informed by experience and how we learn, right? But an Aries person or an Aries moon in the fourth house is definitely going to put their, their emotional needs in in first place and kind of orient everything else around it in a very unapologetic way aries tends to be very unapologetic about um, putting their emotional needs first they're probably very good you know this placement might might be very good at um, uh, going out and seeking people who need nurturing right and being one to put themselves even at risk in order to nurture A moon sign in Aries in the fourth house person may actually go and seek out people who need nurturing and be almost a go-getter in that field too. Somebody who will see people in need and be willing to put themselves out in, not at risk necessarily, but maybe, but, but they're willing to step forward. They'd be somebody who stands up for somebody, not, not afraid to be... Um, the sole voice in a group of people who are being wronged, right? They're going to advocate uh, even maybe for, for others to, to get the nurturing they need. Um, and in fact, if you're somebody who doesn't normally um, voice your needs emotionally, um, it might be really great for you to have a friend who's got this placement, right? And it also might be embarrassing, right? Because they're constantly kind of talking what they think other people might need um, and willing to kind of put themselves out there. It's a really interesting way that all of that can express it as I kind of talk through it. But, but just to say that, you know, with kind of not opposite, they're not necessarily opposite Aries 
fourth house moon but somewhat you know like i said aries is not ruled by the sun uh, leo is um, but there is this very solar fiery energy about an aries which while placed in a moon sign is going to look very different than say a watery sign like pisces moon in the fourth house a pisces moon in the fourth house is going to be much more sensitive and really seek to have a gentle kind of peace in their home and in their life and and probably not do very well with um, anything chaotic kind of coming in and wrestling up chaos right they, they may not really do very well with that whereas an Aries moon in the fourth house may even thrive on that kind of energy building this fire something that you know they can feel passionate about and, and really kind of you know maybe they maybe they really you know have something going for that so so you can see how and again I'm speaking kind of elementally when I talk about fire air water and if you're not familiar with that there's definitely a whole structure and probably a podcast based on on that but these these elemental qualities of the astrological signs definitely play a role when you start to unpack the way that they feel vibrationally, energetically, and um, and it it definitely will um, inform the way that somebody approaches a, an emotional issue, an emotional upset, an emotional opportunity, right? Emotional connections, um, a Piscean. Uh, moon in the fourth house m really might actually intuit others needs and not necessarily speak them out loud but will tend to them in a very quiet and intuitive way which you know in the shadow side can be very meddling maybe and like assuming the same way that an Aries might assume they know what's best for other people I think that's a human tendency is that we think that how we need things to be done we think others need those things to be done for them in that way and so especially when it comes to your moon sign, it's a really great indicator of saying, well, like, how do I show up emotionally for my friends? Do I try and fix them? Right. Do I try and figure out what's wrong um, at a core level? Do I try and just nourish them? Do I try to feed them? Do I try to, um, you know, sh uh, shelter them from from pain happening? Right. And in the fourth house also can be, especially if the moon sign is there, it can be a really call to how you mother others. Right. Um, and so uh, a, a, a very intense mothering others, right? Um, because of the moon being in the fourth house, like kind of amplifying that, that, that emotive quality of how we tend to others. So yeah, so that's just kind of like a little primer of the rising sign, the sun sign, and the moon sign. And uh, it's a really fun way to just start to look at your chart. Like I said, you can download your own chart from a website called astro.com, A-S-T-R-O.com, and see your chart, see where those um, three placements are, and learn a lot about yourself, and learn a lot about how you show up in the world, what's driving you at your core, and how you emotionally get your needs met. Um, and I think that this knowledge will really it has for me it's helped me to understand myself better and um to you know for you know kind of soften the edges around some of the more harsh ways that i show up for myself and for others so that i can be a better human um 
you know, there's a lot of harsh edges if you just kind of leave everything uh, really rough cuts, right? And astrology is really a tool to help smooth that out and to understand the ways that you might, you might need to, to evolve. And I think it's a really lovely thing. So if you're interested in getting your chart read, I do have that uh, offering on my website at paintedgoddess.com. I'd love to read for you. My full natal chart opening is a really great reading. It gets us down into the weeds. We can do that. Um, I can do that through a recording and just talk it through. Or if our uh, schedules align somehow, we can do it over FaceTime. And I just go through each planet. I go through each house. We talk about what's going on. And then you can ask um, questions and you can do this, we can do this remotely too, but you ask questions about, you can ask questions about your career, about something of a purpose, what's transiting for you right now. You know, there's always something kind of moving in our chart and asking us to heal. Where's the focus right now? I have a few other offerings on my website regarding new moon and full moon readings, and those are really to focus on a moon cycle to understand where intentions can be set to really amplify this energy that's already coursing through us from the moon or from uh, the full moon or the new moon and that's a really fun way to also work with astrology Um, and those readings come with a little bit of a tarot spread too so I love to incorporate astrology and tarot together because there's this kind of channel that opens for me when I do those together and I love I love what kind of unfolds and what also happens is I'm able to create a tarot altar for you bringing in elements that I kind of intuitively gather and send you a really beautiful picture kind of reminder of the of the task at hand whatever that may be whatever we kind of pull out of it and it really ends up being kind of a self-love revitalization of the inner spirit, I think, a reading with me. It's really not very fortune-oriented or future-oriented. It can help to make choices depending on, you know, the, the length of a transit and, and understanding, you know, the cycles that we all go through and where you're at in a certain kind of cycle, whether it be a Jupiter cycle, which is based on growth, um, or like I said, a moon cycle, which happens really fast, and there's, there's ways to start to kind of work with your moon cycles and your moon sign that I think are really fun. But you can do that yourself. One practice, I'll just give this to you, and I, I encourage you to do this. And if you do it, I want you to share your results with me. But find out what your moon sign is, okay? Find out what your moon sign is. And if you want to, you can even find out what the, what the phase it was in, okay? So for instance, I'm a Leo moon, and mine was um, a, a waning crescent, so right before the new moon, right? So, I'm a, so every time there's a waning crescent moon, I do a little journaling. And every time the moon is in Leo, I do a little journaling when I'm on my best. Let's be honest, I don't every single time, but I, I, I mark this on my daily, my calendar journal. I actually work with the moon as my calendar, which is a beautiful piece of journal made by um, a woman in California named April McCurdy, uh, McMurdy, sorry. And, and there's this, this dial that you can kind of mark where your moon sign is, right? So if, if I know that in the month 
the Leo moon is going to be on, it basically is usually two days out of the moon cycle, maybe two and a half. Um, it will be in your sign and you just, you know, choose something empowering to do emotionally, something that gives you an emotional, um, boost those days, something self-care-ish, whatever that may be. And try to understand what self-care might be for you and really focus in on that emotional need for that moon cycle and just see how that feels to, to check in once a month for a couple of days and say for three days, each moon cycle, when the moon is in, like I said, for Leo, for me, I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to make sure that I drink all of the water that I'm supposed to be drinking every day. I'm at least going to do it for that three days or I'm going to speak in front of people or I'm going to call somebody that I um, haven't talked to in a while, right? Find out what's nourishing for you and put it on the calendar and just see how that feels. See how you feel that day. It could be as simply as like, putting a little emoji too, like in your date book, like I felt fucking amped today, or I felt really sad today. And then just maybe journal around that. Try to unpack um, what that message is for you. Like, how does it feel to be in that natal moon placement each cycle and just see if there's patterns. Okay. I hope that you have a wonderful day, a beautiful week. And just remember that you are magic. Thank you for listening. It's such a pleasure every week to spend time with you. And I really appreciate you listening and being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, please share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more or work with me, you can go to paintagoddess.com and find all of my free resources, as well as how to book a reading with me. I work together astrology and tarot, which has been a really illuminating process for my customers and clients and friends. And I would love to do a reading for you and see where we're at today.